Now, I'm going to do a message today entitled, Rest. Let's do our declaration. Ready? Let's do our declaration. I am covered by and submitted to the blood of Jesus. Let's see if we can do that with a little more oomph, okay? I know we've had a lot going on, but let's dig deep. I am the blood of Jesus. Now, I am so happy that that is the truth that we get to live under. When I'm covered by the blood, it means the death of this world can't touch me. When I'm submitted to the blood, it means God gives me specific direction and marching orders for every day of my life, and I'm always under the protection of my king, Jesus Christ. Man, that's a good declaration. We're going to keep on doing it. So for the last several weeks, five weeks in a row, we were in a series entitled Receiving God's Love. Y'all remember that? I'm going to go over it right quick. We had God's love brings security and peace. Nothing can keep you from receiving God's love. We talked about how to experience God's love. And then we said, after you experience, what are the evidences of that experience? And then we rounded it out with God disciplines those he loves. And discipline is not punishment. It's a, it's a pathway to your destiny. So with all of that in mind, okay, we had five weeks of receiving God's love. Then last week we had Pastor Miles from Horton, Texas, from Grace Ministries International, friend of ours, a father in the faith, and he spoke a prophetic word. Now, Miles does not fashion himself as a prophet at all. But what we heard last week was a powerful prophetic word over our church, and he spoke it out and said, the kingdom of the eighth child, and he said, the eighth child, child means new beginnings. Did y'all hear that last week? And then he also, I almost seemed like it was by accident, but God just got it out of his mouth. He said, there's a new beginning for this nation. Amen. Anybody here in agreement that God's working in this nation? He's not done with this nation yet. He has divine purposes for the United States of America, and we need to stand in faith that this election will come forth under God's will. Amen? I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I will tell you to go on their websites and see what each candidate stands for. It's called a platform. If you will read that platform, you won't have any trouble deciding which one more agrees with the Bible. And that's the way you should make your decisions when you vote. Not if you like their personality, not if you like their politics, but what do they literally stand for and what will their policies promote in this land? So I don't have to tell you who to vote for. You're smart enough to figure it out on your own. But I'm going to encourage you to be a good citizen and get out and vote. Amen. Whew. There's a new beginning for this nation. I'm not believing anything less. What am I going to do? Be a gloom and doom preacher? Heavens no. Have you read the Bible? It doesn't get worse. It gets better for the believer. Come on, church. Wake up. You just want to believe all that stuff you're listening to on social media and regular media and the news? Man, I've been telling you guys for seven months, quit watching that nonsense. Read the Bible and listen to the Holy Spirit, and you'll be encouraged about what God is doing. 
I'm telling you, there's nothing discouraged in me about this nation or about my life or about this church especially. God has a plan for our life. If you don't know what I'm talking about, at the end of this service today, you can give your life to Jesus and then you can find the plan he has for your life. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God living inside you. And because of that, it says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit where Christ lives. Have, have, you, have you read enough to know that Jesus never fails? Didn't you see that he got up on that cross on purpose so he could redeem us from sin? He could take away death and disease, and he went to the grave and he rose victorious so that we could walk in abundant life? Have you not read the book? I encourage you, as Pastor Anthony said, delight yourself in the Word of God. Meditate on it day and night. If you don't know where to start, just pick up the book of John in the New Testament and read it a few times. You will not walk away discouraged. You will see the hand of God at work in your life. Our God's not dead. He rose from the dead. He's seated in the heavenly places. You know it said that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. Do you know why he sat down? Because he was finished. Do you know why we can walk in a state of being called rest today? Because there's no work left to do. He did all the work. You're going, what? That don't make no sense. I'm not saying quit your job. That's natural. In the realm of the spirit, which is what can and should determine the life of a believer, Jesus completed everything. What does 1 Peter say? Everything you need for life and godliness is already given to you. But you can't access it through worldly ways. You access it through submitting to Jesus as Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit through the word of God to work it into you. Now, I wish I could preach that whole message, but I can't. But I just want you to know when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is is finished. You think he was teasing? I don't think so. I think he was telling the truth. Because Jesus never lies. He's not a man that he would lie. He said, it's finished. So he went up to heaven, his, his home, until he returns to the earth a second time and said he sat down. And when he sat down, he sent the Holy Spirit. There's only one time I see in Scripture where he stood up from that place, and that was to honor Stephen, who had given his life as a martyr for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It said Stephen looked up and saw Jesus standing. Some of y'all need to wake up out there. Get in touch with what the Spirit's saying to the church. And this week in our staff meeting, man, we had a worship time, and, and I just began to seek the Lord personally while we were worshiping together as a staff, and God said, tell the church it's time to enter into rest. Because we've been reading a book about rest, and we've been trying to practice Sabbath you know, one day a week where we actually rest from our labors. And we've been praying about the concept of Sabbath rest in Hebrews 4 where it says, because there's a promise that we could walk in rest. So here, rest is not taking a nap. It's a state of being. Just repeat after me. Say, rest is a state of being. 
you could walk at rest. That way, if God wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning to intercede, you're not going to be tired because you're walking in rest. That way, if you have to get up early to go to work, because work's not a curse, work's a blessing, and God knows we need money, and he's decided that the way you get money is by working and by sowing seeds of offerings and tithing and all these things. I can't teach that message either. I wish I could today. But you could be at rest. Why? Because Jesus finished the work. <laughs> oh, the only problem is you don't believe it. You're going to walk right out those doors unless, unless you change your mind and repent. Most of us are going to walk right out those doors and do exactly what we did last week. And that stress out and worry and get anxious and get tired and get weary and get heavy laden and get burdened down. Why? Because you're watching the news instead of picking up the word of God. Because you think your provision comes from you, not from heaven, as the word of God says. What does he say in Philippians? I'll provide for all of your needs according to the riches that Christ Jesus won for you. Now, I'm not saying you need to just take a nap. That's not what I'm saying. Go to work. God called you to your location, to your work, to your sphere of influence so that you could release the gospel wherever you are. It's not because you needed to be a teacher. It's because God needed you there to influence the rest of the teachers. It's not because you needed to be a farmer. It's because God wanted you out there influencing the rest of the farmers at the gin instead of talking about how bad it's going to be this year. God has called you to something greater than the mundane, boring, stressed out, worried, heavy laden, burdened life. Oh, I feel good getting that off my chest. So we can sit up here and proclaim I'm covered by and submitted to the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter unless you really are. It's just words. This rest comes through relationship, not through religious activity. This rest comes by when you got saved, if you believe the Bible, the Holy Spirit came into your heart. You're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible clearly says that the Spirit of God speaks to you and gives you direction and encourages you and uplifts you and speaks to you about Jesus, and speaks to you about your destiny, and speaks to you about every little detail of your life. But most Christians, I believe, really are believers. They got saved, but then they got hard. Because life happened and you didn't keep listening to the same Holy Spirit that called you to the forgiveness of sins that called you to salvation, you didn't keep listening the same way you got saved. See, the way you got into this kingdom is the way you're gonna go on in this kingdom. How is that? By hearing and responding with faith. Do you know if you got saved, if you gave your life to Jesus, it's because the Holy Spirit spoke to you? You go, no, 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 I heard Billy Graham on TV, but the Holy Spirit was speaking through Billy Graham. Oh, no, I heard Ron Hart Bunky on TV. No, no, no. That was the Holy Spirit speaking through. Oh, I was at church one day. I was in vacation Bible school. I was at Backyard Bible Club. I was wherever. 
and I knew I needed to give my life to Jesus. You were hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you. Unless you can tell me that Jesus stepped out of heaven and came and manifested himself to you in bodily form, the only way you heard God on this earth right now is through listening to the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody in here saved? Come on, is anybody in here saved? Then you know how to hear the Holy Spirit. Quit saying, Pastor, I just wish I knew how to hear God. Go back to day one. Go back to ground zero. Go back to the moment you gave your life to Jesus and say, Lord, teach me how to hear you like that again. (laughs) Okay, Lord, help me. All right. To be able to fully receive God's love, we got to be in a state of rest. God's not going to come and force you into rest. He's offered it. He's offered you peace. He's offered you provision. He's offered you a life free from anxiety. But yet most of us haven't entered into it. Why? Because we have to choose to enter into rest. It's a gift from him, but you have to choose to walk. So what you need today most likely is a mindset change, is a heart rearrangement because you are ingrained in bad habits of religious activity. Some of you think, well, I'll just, when I come to church on Sunday, I feel God's presence. Well, you do. But if you're not feeling God's presence like that in your own house, in your own car, at your own business, you're just probably, maybe, I'm not gonna say for sure, but it's a real strong possibility that you've just become religious. And you come up here and let some quote-unquote holy people get you into the presence of God and don't remember that you're holy. And you can just step into the presence of God anytime you want to. All you need to do is say, Jesus, here I am. Speak to me today. How about you wake up tomorrow morning and get up and get dressed and hit your knees and say, Lord, just show me what you want me to do today. I'm listening. Your servant, your son, your daughter is listening. I promise you. He'll speak to you just like he did the day you gave your life to Jesus. So now let's talk a little bit about this rest. We'll get as far as we can, and then we'll pick it up again next week. So God told me, tell the people, it's time you can enter into rest. It's a new beginning. We all put that slide up on the screen. See, I have a weekly prayer meeting. Um, And what I do in my prayer meeting is I got a prayer board. You see that? It says right there, new beginning. And I got up Wednesday morning, came to my 6.30 prayer meeting, and before I got up, God said, rest. I went, I can't go back to sleep. I got to lead this prayer meeting. He said, I'm talking about spiritual rest. And he told me this, you can live from a place of rest, and rest comes from relationship. Gave me these three scriptures that I'm trying to get to today, but I just can't seem to get there yet. And then he reminded me of Pastor Miles' word of new beginnings. Y'all see that? Okay, and then he told, we'll get to this the next week or two. Hebrews 4, 6 says, they failed to enter into rest because of disobedience. Who's that? Children of Israel. Keep that slide up there for a minute. The children of Israel, remember Moses and the gang who went around in circles for 40 years when it should have been a 14-day journey to get where they were going? Because they disobeyed. And every time they disobeyed, it hardened their heart. And finally, they got to the place where they couldn't even hear from God anymore, and they had to die. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure they still went to heaven, and that, 
But what a boring life. Walking in circles for 40 years? And see, why did they do that? It says because they were disobedient to God. And the Greek word for that disobedience in Hebrews 4 verse 6 is apatheia. And what you don't know, but what I know, is for weeks we've been praying about the spiritual condition of Plainview in West Texas. And God has spoken to us that there is a spiritual apathy over this region. You know what apathy is? Been there, done that. I didn't get the poster because I was disappointed because it didn't work. Been there, done that. You know, I tried that prayer for healing, and it didn't heal Sister Susie. You know, I prayed that prayer for deliverance, and that guy got worse instead of better. And that happens all the time. You know why? Because this is by relationship, not by rote. If you see a situation and you just go, I'm going to throw some Bible verses at it, man. And boom, 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 boom. I'm going to whip this thing because I've memorized 15 Bible verses on deliverance and healing. Hallelujah. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. God taught me this lesson 18 years ago. My middle child, Caleb, was born right over here at Covenant Plainview. He was early. His lungs were not developed. At that season of my life, I had just gone through all kinds of teaching about the authority of the believer, uh, binding and loosing, uh, healing, deliverance, all this stuff. So I was a Christian, young, charismatic know-it-all. That was me, man. I memorized all those verses, and when the doctor said his lungs aren't developed, um, he's not breathing on his own, we're probably going to have to send him to NICU in Lubbock, I said, no, you're not, and I started praying. And I started quoting every scripture I knew, and I was praying in tongues, and I was casting out devils of unbreathing or whatever I could call them, and anything I could think of. Come on, that's funny, y'all. And exhausted, two hours later by my wife's bed as she was recovering from birth, and I'm thinking, I got this. I ain't calling anybody for prayer because I am the man. I know the verses. I've been taught the stuff. I've been through the school of leadership. I am the man. Exhausted. I couldn't talk anymore. I couldn't even pray anymore. I fell to my knees beside my wife's bed. Nothing had changed in my son's condition. And I was so discouraged and beat down. I was crying profusely. God, I thought you could do all this. Why is not something happening? On my knees, ready to give up. And I finally shut up long enough to listen. And the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, why don't you just ask me to heal your son? And I said, God, would you please heal my son? Within minutes, the nurses came and gave us a report. He's not going to have to go to NICU in Lubbock. He's had a turnaround. His lungs are functioning on their own. And God reminded me of that story this week and said, I was trying to teach you about rest 18 years ago. Because what? If I'd have just listened, I could have come into agreement with what the Spirit was saying in that situation. But instead, I put on charismatic third wave Pentecostal power. And what did I do? I was religious. 
oh, we think religion happens in stained glass cathedrals in Europe. We think religion happens in places where liturgy is being quoted and recited. We think religion happens in some kind of traditional this or that, but not here. No, pastor. We're a non-denominational church. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, religion happens anywhere you try to do God's stuff in your own strength. So it could happen right here, it could happen down the street, it could happen anywhere. But if you'll listen to what the Spirit is saying and just say what he's saying, you'll have success in whatever you're facing. Does that make sense? See, so this rest is going to come by relationship. Not by memorizing Hebrews chapter 4 where it talks about rest. It's not going to do you any good. Unless you listen to what the Spirit's saying over that specific situation you're in. That's why I, as your pastor, can't tell you what to do in every situation. All I'm supposed to do is point you to the one who can tell you what to do. I can't control what you do out there. I can't hardly control what I do. What does the Bible say? The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. I can't even control myself unless I'm submitted to the Holy Spirit. So why would we think we could tell you all what to do? But what I am called to do, according to Ephesians chapter 4, is equip you with the Word of God and with the baptism of the Spirit of God so you can be empowered and equipped to go do good works in your sphere of influence. But unless you learn to chill down and tune in your ear, you will never step into rest and you'll never be able to see the success that you so long for In your heart, let's read a couple of scriptures. Psalm 62, verse 1. Uh, Truly my soul finds rest. Would you say rest? Now from now on, if I read the word rest, you just get ready to repeat it. Okay, we're going to firmly get this in us. I'll start over. Let's try it. Truly my soul finds rest. Ooh, that was good. In God, my salvation comes from him. Truly he's my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress I will never be shaken. You know the prophetic word, not just in this house, but in lots of houses over the earth through this pandemic, you know what it's been? There's a shaking going on in the earth. And whatever can be shaken will be shaken. But this says, if your fortress is God, if you're resting in him, you won't be shaken. When everybody else around you is shaken up, because of the virus, shaken up because of the election, shaken up because of the economy. You're like, man, I'm just chilling. I'm at rest. I'm at peace. What's wrong with you, man? The Holy Spirit told me to take a nap, not stress out. The Holy Spirit told me to speak Psalm 62, one over my life and not worry about what the news anchor just said. We're going to close with this right here. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you stand with me, church?
We're entering into a season where God wants to give you rest. Jesus promised it. The psalmist wrote about it. We're going to find out later on in this series, the writer of the book of Hebrews dedicated a whole chapter to the concept of rest. And in Hebrews chapter 4, it says this, if there's anything we should do, anything as a believer, we should be diligent to enter into rest. Did you know in the book of John chapter 6, it also says the only work of the believer is to believe. You're like, what? I know it's foreign. As human beings, we want a lot longer list than two things to do because we want to feel like we did something. But did you know in the book of Galatians, it says this, he asked them a, a real important question. He said, now what has happened to you? Who has bewitched you? What God began in the spirit, you're trying to accomplish in the flesh. What am I saying to you? Our tendency by birth is to want to be strong, is to want to make our own way, is to want to be independent rather than dependent upon God. But God created you to be dependent upon Him. And He said, all I want you to do is believe in my Son and I will do everything else. If you're gonna work hard at anything in this life, be diligent to enter into rest and believe that what Jesus did was a finished work. You go, Pastor, that's just way, way too simple. Welcome to the Bible. Welcome to Jesus. Well, I'm not saying quit your job. Work is a blessing. God needs you to do that job so you can have a circle of influence, so you can sow seeds of life, so you can share rest and belief with those people. God is your Father and He is your provider, but most of us have got that turned around. We think we're in charge of our own life and therefore we are stressed, anxious, weary, heavy laden, burdened down, and just exhausted. But Jesus arrives in your life today in a fresh new way and says, just come to me. I'll give you rest for your soul. Can you feel that? 